And she just kind of kept on looking over my shoulder and just asking these questions. Like, she's like, well, surely you, you don't, you don't move hay. Surely you don't drive the tractor. Surely you don't move animals. Surely you don't do this. And, you know, and I was like, surely this will end. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. Even as the farming community and who farmers are evolves and becomes so much more diverse. There are stereotypes out there that continue to haunt farmers. And we tackle that on this episode of the Real Food, Real People podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Honkoop. And this week here on the podcast, we connect with Jess Jagger of Your Friends Farm, uh, who was in the last season, in season uh, three of the podcast, uh, sharing her farming story. And on this episode, we dig into something she posted about within the past couple of months, uh, a situation that she faced um, and how it was telling for a problem, you know, stereotyping, a sexism, an issue that farmers face that people may not be aware of. And so we dig into what's really going on with that and how we can overcome that um, as a community and as a society to move beyond some of those stereotypes. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. Once again, I am Dylan Honkoop, and this is my continuing journey across Washington State to get to know the real people behind our food and tackle the issues that they face. We have a really cool... Um, topic to talk about. Not cool in the fact that it's like a happy thing, but it's a really important thing, I guess I should say, to talk about a, a really interesting conversation um, about an issue that most people don't probably aren't aware of, don't realize that this happens to farmers all the time. And it's actually been happening for a long time. Um, you know, a while back we talked about... Um, uh, harassment of farmers, and this isn't necessarily harassment per se, um, but this is an issue of people just being judgy. And there's a lot of stereotypes that are being overcome in reality, um, but it uh, doesn't mean that. Um, okay, here we go. Our guest is here. Um, by the way, I'm Dylan Honkoop, the host of Real Food, Real People. Um, cool to be able to do this. And I think we have a Jessica Jagger joining us. Jess, forgive me for the um, screw-ups. And I realize now that uh, technology is going to mandate that yeah. I need to put the old radio headphones on. So there we go. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Can you hear uh, me? Yeah, absolutely. So thanks Great. for thanks for being willing to do this. I was just yeah. uh, mumbling along here uh, before we got you on screen about this issue that we're going to tackle tonight, which is something, you know, I've been hearing about this more and more as I continue this journey that is the Real Food, Real People podcast to get to know farmers all over Washington State and beyond. But I think this is a thing that a lot of people aren't aware of um, being an issue. And that is one of this like stereotype stuff, this judginess of, you know, who can be a farmer and what a farmer is actually like and 
it it gets kind of nasty. And I want you to share the story of what happened to you that inspired your post, that inspired me to have this conversation. Um, But before we get into that, for people who haven't seen your episode, and even for people who have, by the way, Jessica uh, was uh, episode 111 uh, of the Real Food, Real People podcast last season. Um, Her farm is called Your Friend's Farm. It's near Spokane, Washington. Um, just catch people up real quick. What do you guys do and uh, what's been new new on the farm? Yeah, we um, so yeah, we have a small farm here in Spokane. We sell direct to consumer. Uh, we grow beef, pork, lamb, chicken, turkey, and veggies. Um, and yeah, it's been a really busy year, a really good year for us um, here on the farm. We just sent all our beef off um, to butcher and um, that was really great. And now we're on to lamb and then we'll be on to pork. So it's a fall, right? I mean, I think yeah. we go through summer and everyone's like, summer's so busy and it is so busy, but then fall comes and you're like, wait, we're not done yet. You know, so that's where we're at right now. Totally. And as far as how the farm is going overall, anything new that you're up to? I know you've had a lot of cool events, uh, been to yeah. some cool stuff. How are things going? Yeah, we've done lots of cool events out here. We had some ladies out making bouquets and having a little party a couple of weeks ago. And um, we did a concert out here in the yard, which was wonderful. Um, and we're expanding, which is cool on a business front to be able to say that we're expanding and um, feel comfortable with that and excited about that is, um, yeah, lots of new things coming down the line. Um, we're just about ready to launch. We do a food subscription for a full share of the farm and everything we grow. We're just about getting ready to launch that again October 1st. So um, just all the projections and thinking about what's going to be born and <laughs> ready to eat at some point. Okay, so you got to tell us the story of what happened. And, and by the way, I do want to thank our, our sponsors, um, CHS Northwest sponsoring the podcast, um, Washington Red Raspberries supporting us, Dairy Farmers of Washington, a lot of people making these kinds of conversations possible. So um, thank you to them. Also Save Family Farming as well. Um, Jess, talk about, you, you, you made this post, um, and what was it, like July or August? And it's been like, yeah. yeah, and you had been yeah. in an event, um, and you kind of posed it as you know a, a generic thing. Like, imagine someone potentially doing this, but I want to find out like what was actually going on. You, you you summed it up essentially what was happening is somebody sizing you up and judging you based mm-hmm. on what you look like, what you know the the nature of your body deciding whether or not they thought you were a farmer or a good farmer or a legit farmer but explain yeah. where, where were you guys and, and what was going on yeah we were at an event um here in town and i was there actually as um i write for a food magazine here in the inland northwest called edible um, and i have a column there a quarterly column which is a really cool thing that i get to do Um, And so I got invited to a dinner um, in town. And so I wasn't dressed as a farmer. I had a dress on. I was clean. I smelled good. You know, (laughs) I didn't look like a, I mean, I didn't look like a farmer, you know, which is, I think part of the stereotype is like, you have to look like a farmer all the time in order to be a farmer. And to be a farmer, that means like overalls and boots and a hat or something. I don't know. So uh, we were there and we were, you know, mingling as one does. Um, and a woman came up to me and started to ask me a series of questions. Um, 
well, are you really the farmer? You can't possibly be the farmer. And my husband, Brian, was standing behind me, and he does fit the stereotypical yep. farmer. Role. He's a broad, tall guy, yep. um, and he's not a farmer. He <laughs> builds spreadsheets and deals with <laughs> things that I don't yep. do. Yep. Um, and she just kind of kept on looking over my shoulder and just asking these questions like, She's like, well, surely you, d- you don't, you don't move hay. Surely you don't drive the tractor. Surely you don't move animals. Surely you don't do this. And, um, I just, I just kind of kept, I, I answered her at first. I had the conversation at first, you know, and I was like, surely this will end. Well, just saying and, surely in the first place sounds a little patronizing. It was very patronizing. Yeah. And Yikes. it's not the first time that a conversation like this has happened. Um, and actually it's more helpful, which is kind of also um, hard to say out loud. It's helpful if my husband's standing right there and he's quick to say like, no, she is the farmer. Like yep. she farms full time. She does all the things. And then usually that quiets people down, but he wasn't, he was having his own conversation. I don't need him to have this conversation for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, no. totally. Uh, yeah. So that kept going on and on and on. And as she looked me up full up and down and fully moved her head and eyes in the direction of my husband and back to me. And then the, the conversation with ended with, well, I don't know. And she walked away. Ser- okay. Not to, I guess we don't want to flip the stereotyping around and stereotype no. this person, but no. what, where do you think this was coming from? Was, was this coming from a place of like someone who was super traditional and this is like, you know, old school, like men or men do the work on the farm and, and women are, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Or, or is yeah. this someone from, you know, coming from a different perspective? What, what was your sense of it? comment on the post that I wrote and kind of said, I think they said something to the effect of sometimes when people see people doing things that they're uncomfortable with, then they automatically try to like brush it off, you know? And I don't know if it made her uncomfortable that I was a farmer um, and that I do those things. Um, Or I also think like there's another thing going on here. Like I'm a very small person. I'm not a very large bodied person. And so I think it is hard to believe that I do some of the things that I do sometimes like, and that's fine. I I mean, I can talk more about that. And I think why I have the perseverance that I do to do things. But yeah. I think that when you, when you look at me, I don't look like someone that can do the things that I do. I don't think, mm-hmm. I think, so I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. But I do think that the stereotype goes along with it, that it's it's a man's job. Typically, it has been in the past, even though it's not anymore. I'm not an anomaly. I mean, you interview handfuls and handfuls and handfuls of women that are doing the very same thing or something similar to what I do every day. I think, though, in the average in like the city world, you know, where you're not you don't have touch and feel with a farm on a daily basis, you're not. um you don't know, you know, you don't know. It, it seems a little two-faced to me coming from someone outside of that world, because on one hand, there's almost kind of the stereotype that's seen in a negative way, like, oh, f- farmers are a bunch of old guys, you know? Yeah. And so I don't like the farming community because of that. And I can't relate to a bunch of old guys who drive tractors, But on the other hand, that same stereotype then enforces that and it 
So you, you you can't have it both ways. You know what I mean? You can't you can't be like, oh, farmers are just a bunch of old guys. No, they aren't. And that community, you know, the community of farmers is changing. Like, that's part of what we're trying to show with this podcast too, is to show the breadth of and the diversity of people engaged in growing food right here in our own state. Yeah. But, but at the same time, if you're going to say, well, you know, it's a really diverse community, and then you see somebody who doesn't look the way you think they should to be doing the kind of work that they're doing, and and you have to almost kind of, I mean, th this conversation was yucky um, and patronizing, certainly. We said that already, but it, it really, I think, goes beyond that. It then mm -hmm. enforces that same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's very limiting to think that you could look at someone and decide what they can and cannot do. I mean, even outside of just the world of farming or ag, like that you feel like you could look at anyone and say, oh, like you couldn't, surely you don't do that. You know, surely you don't do that. And I think that we have to be really careful because I'm sure, surely we all do that. You know, <laughs> like, And so I think that it's, we have to speak to ourselves too and say, where am I doing that? Where am I perpetuating that? Where am I carrying that into my life? You know, looking at people and deciding if they can or cannot do something based on what their physical appearances or their gender or whatever. Um, but it happens all the time, you know, and not just with other women, it happens with men too, you know, and um, we've had it a lot, even on the farm when we hire people to come out and do things. We got a quote last year for painting our barn, paint our barn for us. And um, I handled all that because I run the farm. So right. I handled all the quotes and getting people to come out. And when we got a quote back from one of the painters, they said, well, make sure you ask your husband, the farmer, before you say yes or no. I've heard this kind of thing from multiple guests on the podcast and a lot of other women in farming. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Yeah. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it, it was like automatically I'm like, well, you're not on, I don't care if your bed's lowest, like I'm not calling you back, you know, yeah. like it's, it, which might be rude on my part, but it, it's just so short sighted, you know, that I would, I would need that. I wouldn't be the one making the decision. You know, I, I don't, I think like there's the side of the stereotype of, of like, well, I couldn't, I couldn't be farming because I'm a woman, but then I, I surely couldn't be running also all of the farm business. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't be in charge of the financial decisions or what we're doing this or that, you know, and I deal with that a lot because I go to pick up things from the farm store, from the parts store, or this or that, you know, and I'm just not the person that I think most people are expecting to see. <laughs> I, I wish yeah. I was. You know, well, so. and, and that it was the other interesting part I thought about your story, because as I read the post um, that and, and just going back to where this all started, um, if you're just joining us, Jess is, is sharing about a, a time when she got totally sized up by a person at an event who assumed based on the way Jess looks that she, as you said, apparently the word she was using was surely couldn't be doing all these things on the farm. Um the idea that, you know, as I read it, I was assuming, here, here's more stereotypes, I was assuming it was a man yeah, saying yeah. that as I read it, and then I had to reread it a couple times and be like, no, this was a woman that was saying this to you. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. It, it, 
that is, you know, again, stereotypically, that would be what I would assume some kind of tool of a guy <laughs> would be saying, um, but not another woman. Yeah. It's, and how do you respond? To, and I think you alluded to that already, like women saying things like that about other women. Oh, who is that serving? Yeah. I think it's really, I mean, and that's part of why I share so much of what I do. I mean, it's part of my Instagram life is to build our business, but the other part is to really just expose a, a different option, you know, um, and to show a different side and to open up people's minds to the idea that it could be a woman, you know, farming that, that farmers can be female. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I ended that post that way saying, I wish you would have asked me what it was like. I wish you would have asked me a question. You know, I wish you yeah. would, I wish instead of saying, surely you're not, or surely you do not. I wish she would have said like, well, what about this? What does that look like for you? Right. And then and, you could um, at least explain. Yeah. Rather than starting with wording that basically assumes you can't. Right. Yeah. Which is part and parcel the, the entire problem with what she was saying to you. Right. It was an assumption. It was the whole thing was an assumption, and there was never one single question asked. Um, and I wish that she would have asked a question because then we could have really had a great conversation. You know. Yeah, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. Good comment here from um, Ona, Chef Ona Lee of Clara's Canning, who we've had here uh, live on the podcast, and we featured her. <laughs> Uh, last season as well, saying uh, she feels like anyone who doesn't think women belong have been around farms very much. Um, women and families have farms since the dawn of it. That is totally true. And that was something I, I forgot to say at the beginning. Just this whole idea of the conversation that we're having um, takes me back to my childhood. Growing up yeah. on my grandparents' dairy farms, and one instance in particular where, you know, I was just a little kid, but I was helping feed calves at my dad's parents' dairy farm. And grandpa did, would milk the cows and grandma would feed the calves. And so I was helping her with that. Um, you know, and again, everybody gets their hands dirty and makes the work happen, makes the farm work. But I remember being a little kid and I don't remember if there was something heavy to lift and move or something and saying something to grandpa about that. Like, can, can grandma really do that? And he scoffed at me. Grandma's strong. She's, she, she'll be fine. She does this all the time. What, what you, why do you have an issue with it? So there I was getting schooled in that by my... Well, he's now 93-year-old, uh, wasn't back then, uh, grandpa uh, on this same issue. And he's not the kind of person you, who you'd be out there, you know, expecting to be crusading for, you know, women's rights or, you know, sexism or anything like that. That's that's not his jam. I mean, he, he's a guy that was born in 1930. He, but still, he was like, no, what's your problem? She's going to get it done. And so... I guess in some ways this conversation is for you, grandma. We lost her in March and she would be like, yeah, well, why not? Like get it done. Yeah. I, I grew up, you know, my dad is a farm equipment mechanic there in Whatcom County and um, he's not a very large man either. And he 
has had to come up with, I mean, he's stronger than anyone I know, but he's had to come up with different ways to compensate for the fact that he's not six feet tall, you know? Yep. And I think raising our kids, he always taught us that we could, and he showed us how to do it. You know, I was out there 16 years old, changing my own tire. I remember I was on my way to work, on my way to school, driving down Hannah Road. My, I get a flat tire. I called my dad from someone's house. I said, dad, I've got a flat tire. He's like, I'll be right there. And I thought I'm in a dress. I think my dad, piece of cardboard he's look here so you don't have to get dirty and made sure that I could do it you know and I think that does help me in my day-to-day life here on the farm I know that I can do it I know that there isn't much that I can't do and if I feel like I can't that's just an invitation for me to look for another way you know um and that's just how I was raised and I think any family farm you go to Everyone is doing their part, male or female, doesn't matter. You know, your grandma, she could do just probably anything your grandma could do. You know, it's more about skill sets than it is about physical ability. And I think that is like so important to remember. This isn't new, you know. Yep. And it was probably more just like what what she wanted to do, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if there wasn't some, if yeah, there was something that she didn't want to do, then grandpa would have to take care of it. <laughs> you know, it, it was yeah. her choice, not, not someone else's and not based on someone else's assumption of what she should or shouldn't be able to, uh, to do. And I think that's, what's cool about this conversation as the farming community evolves and you see more and more farms, not just with women working on them, but running them. And they're, they're the driving force behind the farms, people from different backgrounds and, you know, all these things that are defying stereotypes. Let's not have people's assumptions and judginess um, be the, the only thing left holding that back. I mean, that, that, that just gets dumb. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. It does just get dumb. <laughs> I, it, it wasn't the most eloquent moment I've ever had, but I, I just, <laughs> it makes complete speaking sense it like it is, I guess. Yeah. 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 What, um, okay. Since we're on the topic, you got to brag up a little bit. There, something that, uh, you get done on the farm that uh, people would judge you and probably assume that you couldn't do. This is, this is free, free uh, brag up time. You're allowed to do it. (laughs) I don't know. There's nothing that I don't, I mean, there's nothing that I don't do, you know, I, I hop on the tractor and I do all the snow plowing, you know, and I, I go out and I birth all the lambs myself. And I just birthed a set of, you know, I helped my pig Pharaoh the other day. I mean, I, there, I, there's nothing, I mean, this is my every day, all day long job, you know, there's nothing to brag about really. It's, but it's, see that, that is, and you should be proud of all, yeah. any farmer of any shape, size, yeah. whatever should be proud of what they are able to do and, and accomplish, yes, but farmers don't usually think of it that way. So that's why I'm forcing you to do it because right. you're just like, it's my day today. So I do it. But the thing yeah. is you get it done, you figure it out. Yeah. And like you're saying, often by yourself. Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, the things that I'm most proud of are the things that are really important to me on the farm. And that's how we care for our animals and how we care for our land. Um, it's things like, you know, we, I have this beautiful Katahdin sheep herd and I have, you know, just, we are creating our own line that are, you know, 
things that I've had to learn on my own. I didn't know yep. anything about husbandry or genetics before we bought the farm. I knew nothing. Yep. I didn't know anything, you know, and I figured that out. I did that on my own. Those sorts of things make me really proud. The day-to-day, like out there driving my tractor or, you know, um, out there moving bales or out there moving fence line or birthing animals, like, man alive, that's like a freaking, I just feel like I'm at a carnival all day. It's the best day ever. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad Brian's not the farmer. Like, I get to do this all right. day. And he would love to trade places with me, you know? Like, he he would love to be the one out there all day, every day. But right now, this is what it looks like, you know? Yep. And I'm thankful for it. So yeah. explain that. Do you, you had this one instance that we've kind of focused on, but have you had this quite a bit where people... there's the old, not necessarily old, but people talk about getting checked out by somebody, you know, and that's more in the context of going out to a bar and, you know, there are wandering eyes kind of thing, but this is getting checked out in a totally different negative way. Does that happen a lot? You feel, I mean, you talked about that going to town sort of thing, like going 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 to pick up parts and then, Oh, you must be picking them up for your husband or something. Yeah, when we anytime I go to Napa or even like some of the other establishments, I won't mention their names, but <laughs> it's like, oh, you need to call your husband to ask what you're picking up. Or, you know, it's like I wear jeans and a t-shirt. It's just hopping out of the truck and just catching someone's eye or something like that. I mean, that's normal things that girls deal with, that people deal with, yep. you know, every single yep. day. But it's happening to me in the workplace. Like it's sexual harassment in a totally different way, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I, I do, I am aware of that or I end up in places where, I mean, and this is maybe a little different, but I'll end up in places where it's all men and it's just me. And that, and when you feel a a strange vibe, it can feel kind of unsafe, you know, it just kind of feels, you just are kind of on edge and hyper aware of everything that's going on around you. And, um, that's strange because I don't think that happens to men in my field of work. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, it's, it's different. Yeah. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You know, not that this is not that I'm trying to say, Oh, it happens to me too, because this is not anywhere on right. par with this, but <laughs> well, but here's the thing. Like I'm a six foot two guy. I used to be really strong, a strapping young farm kid. And I could do a lot of stuff. And I wasn't going to say that too about my dad. I mean, he's built almost like me. He's a little bit smaller, but he's not the kind of person that you assume, would assume couldn't based on his size or physique. But I think the more amazing thing that I learned from him is all the things that he does by and has done over the years by himself that people would be like, you should probably like have two or three people to do that. And he doesn't have to, he didn't have two or three people there to do that. So he just had to figure out a way like, I'll put this board there and I can use that as a lever and lift that up. And if I put a jack under it and then we get it done. But what what's happening to me now, um, and I shared here um, on Instagram this summer, I realized I hadn't for almost two years, about being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and a bunch of health issues. I've lost a lot of muscle. I've lost a lot of strength. So I still look like this large guy on the farm. But now I'm in the situation where people think, well, you should be able to do that. And honestly, I have to admit sometimes I can't do that anymore. I have, you know, and I'm trying to rebuild and stuff, and that's part of my health journey. But right now, I'm not very strong, so I, I can defy the uh, the stereotype right exactly yeah. the other way. 
Yeah, I feel that. And that's really real, you know. Um, and I think, too, like you want to be able to ask for help when you need help without feeling like you're proving someone's point, you know. Exactly. And so I think there is that kind of like, I'll be the first one to tell you that Brian helps out around here, too. You know, like he works well, some things you just need another set of hands for, whether they're big or small. 100 percent. It's but it's it's when those assumptions come in or they get really loud that you're like, I don't want to prove you right either. You know, yep. and so. It's just kind of that thing. I was at North 40 the other day getting um, some fence panels and I went out to get them in the truck and the guy was like, well, how are you going to put them in there? I was like, well, you could help me put them in the truck. And he's like, well, you need me to tie it down too. And he was just so rude. And I was like, no, I, I don't need you to tie it down too. You know, like it's just, it's just this really interesting thing it's like well of course i need you to help me put it up in my truck i drive a giant truck (laughs) this isn't about me being female or male or whatever like it's a long way up there but i don't know so it's it's interesting like what you're saying it's like you want to be able to ask for help everyone should feel like they can Mm -hmm. ask for help when you need it without feeling like you just proved them one point so what was the response when you shared that story what kind of feedback did you get on that uh from that post that i wrote yes yeah it's um I got a lot of, I mean, I had so much response, like in my DMs and on the, you can go and read them in the post, but of women saying, oh my goodness, thank you so much for saying this. This happens to me too. Oh my goodness, I know exactly how you feel. Um, As soon as I put a dress on, like everything's out the window. I'm no longer a farmer type of thing. Um, So it seemed like there was a lot of solidarity between myself and, you know, other women that also share this and other not even just women there were other women that work in different fields or have different hobbies that are maybe more you know um typically like from male gendered people and so they they had these experiences too and so it was this moment of like yeah i get that and thank you for saying something um you mentioned another thing too the other aspect of this was that you were cleaned up right (laughs) and there's another stereotype that sadly cuts both ways hypocritically i think for farmers where on one hand like you said if you're all cleaned up oh well you know i remember that especially back in the day when i was more of a farm kid is like well you sure clean up nice that's not what you normally look like and on one hand it's a compliment but on the other hand it's kind of like you don't normally look so good and you don't normally (laughs) smell so good yeah. Um, so there's this kind of expectation that, well, farmers need to always be in, you know, overalls and dirty clothes and smell bad. Mm-hmm. Yet on the yeah. other hand, there's almost kind of a judginess of like, oh, if you do show up in town at the parts store and, you know, you got some manure stains on the overalls and you're just getting stuff done because that's what you do, then... I, I know there's also the, ooh, what's they must be kind of some hayseed, low class. Yeah. You know, there's there's that judginess that goes along with that same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, you know, there it's a, it's an interesting balance. I'm on social media a lot. So like people see me in my day to day, I don't put anything on my face. I don't usually do my hair. I wear whatever it is I find and put on my body in the morning, which wasn't my life pre-farm, like, very put together, very clean, very everything. And now, I mean, that's part of the beauty that's come from being a farmer and having this lifestyle, not just this job, but if if you're in ag, you know, this isn't just your job, it's your life, it's your way of life. And, 
it has freed me to just be in my own skin. I think um, I look in the mirror now and I recognize myself every single day. That's not a gift that I had given myself before. Yeah. Uh, And it's partly because of who I am now in light of the farm. It's partly because of what I do every day. And it just really honestly and frankly doesn't matter. (laughs) But it's also just this, um, I feel like this deep connection with my body now that it is more than what it looks like, you know? Totally. Yeah. Do do you feel like if you're in the farmer, I mean, because you shared the story of being cleaned up and then getting judged because how could you be a farmer if you, you know, you're petite and you're cleaned up and you look nice, but then you flip that around. If you don't look so nice and smell so nice, do you yeah. feel people kind of being like, well, you can't, you must not be that bright. You know, I, I think that, I think that's yeah. one of the assumptions that goes with farmers, male and female across the board, when they're doing their farmer thing, people assume that they must not be that sharp. When yeah. some of these people, I remember that back to the very first episode of this podcast, when I was talking with Chris Dolman, who grew up around farming, but then was in, you know, multinational mega corporations, you know, they were manufacturing, you know, software or no, no hardware for computers. And I don't know, tech, tech world. And then he went back to the farming world and was in one of these like dairy kitchen meetings with other producers in the dairy farming world. And he admitted it too, that he was, he kind of was judgy going into that meeting. Here's a bunch of people in dirty boots and jeans and, and he got listening and he said he was just a few minutes into the meeting and he was like, whoa, these people could be like execs anywhere. The the things that they were thinking and talking about were you know, no different than what people in these schwanky board rooms talked about and, and the way they thought, but that that's assumed because of people's attire or just the knowledge of what they do. That's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, that's been really interesting for me. Um, that is, yeah, I hate that stereotype too, Terry. I feel like I, I'm in grad school, so I spend a lot of time in academics as well. I was in a class recently with someone who was talking about the rural community that they lived in. And she obviously didn't know me or my background or what I actually do in my everyday life because she made a comment, you know, it's a farming community. So not a real high level of education. And I like cringed and I sent her a message afterwards. And I said, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to take offense because I don't think you knew where I was in the room, but I am going to correct you and tell you yeah. that, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're wrong. Yeah. And I mean, wrong on a number of levels. Uh, I, I wrong on a number of levels, but I think the fact that you work with your hands all day and yeah, you're dirty because of that most of the time. And that's what people see that automatically equates that you must not be very bright, you know, for mm-hmm. some reason. You must have had no other options in life. So you have to do this, yeah. this awful work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awful work. <laughs> yeah. When for you, it's been an escape and freedom and really finding yourself and your true like occupation and, and you know, who you are and what you're doing now. Yeah. I uh, was talking to someone the other day and they were like, well, when do you, do you guys think you'll be there forever? And I said, yeah, I hope to die next to my milk cow. Like, <laughs> just like, 
I, uh, the, the whole thing, it is, it is just, it's part of who I am, you know? So. Okay. So what's, what's the big moral of the story here? What, what's your message to people on this? What should people be thinking about? Yeah. You know, I was in a group of women, um, couple this spring and a woman got up and talked and said, you know, she's a, she's a farmer, her family, they farm, they have a family farm. And she said, we had three little girls and I don't know what we're going to do. And I talked to her and I said, you know what, your girls might want to be the farmer and they can do whatever they want to do. Like, you know, you know, like if they want to farm, let them farm. Like you might be surprised. And I think, um, you know, I always, I said this when you interviewed me for the podcast, I always wanted to live on a farm. I always wanted, but I never allowed myself to picture myself as the farmer. So I stereotyped it myself. Yeah. You know, I had to stereotype myself in my mind and in my heart. And it wasn't until about 15 years ago that I started to picture it that way. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until we actually moved to the farm and Brian was still working. And I realized that he wasn't going to be side by side farming with me that I realized, oh my goodness, I live on the farm and I'm the farmer. And my message is that male or female, like whatever it is that you feel like you're supposed to do in life, you know it in your heart. Don't short sight yourself by thinking that something about you, physicality, gender, whatever, is going to make that, you know, out out of your reach. That's going to put that out of your reach. And I think for others, you know, these other people that I encounter, um, when you have those encounters yourself, I just try to remind myself that it's more about them than it is about me. And I just open their mind to another possibility. Yep. And um, I think that's our job, you know, all of our jobs, whatever we do, we're opening people's minds to another possibility. And another reality of who are the people who are actually growing our food and what are they actually like? Yeah. And that's what we're all about here on this podcast, too, is is getting to know you real people out there uh, who are growing food and, and sharing your story. So I want to thank you for opening up about this here tonight. Yeah. Um, and I hope this makes people more aware of this issue and more on themselves. Because, you, you know, I talked about the stereotypes that already float around in my head, whether I like them to or not, you know, that I have to yeah. overcome. You talked about that, you know, and, and we could talk about where that comes from, whether it's from society, our parents, people around us. But at the end of the day, it's on us to step beyond that and recognize, hey, that doesn't add up. That's not right. That's, and especially if, I, if I'm dumb enough to vocalize some of these ridiculous assumptions that we hang on to, um, I'm holding other people back. You know, mm-hmm. and, and not letting the farming community, not letting people like yourself become what they truly can be just by words and yeah. I, I, Sticks and stones may break my bones. Remember when we were kids, but you know, it's words that, that can really hurt. And I know words in the vein of what we've been talking about tonight have really hurt people. Mm -hmm. Um, so for all of us to check ourselves, even if it's something that we don't think is a big deal. And and I don't know, do you you think this, this woman that was questioning you in the initial circumstance that we were talking about, do you think she thought it was a big deal? Did she realize that maybe you were hurt or bothered by this? No, I think she was, thought she was catching me in something. (laughs) Like she was like, 
going to uncover, like, you know, <laughs> I yeah. don't think that she thought she was hurting me at all. Yeah, investigative yeah. journalist here, bringing right. out the, the real truth <laughs> about your friend's farm. She doesn't actually do it because she's right. not she's not burly enough. I mean, <laughs> how dumb is well, that? But but that's apparently what was going on there. So yeah, when we left, Brian said, "From now on, I'm your arm candy," and I was like, "Let's go! I'm about this." <laughs> I love it. Well, Jess, thank you so much. Good luck as you get through fall and all the stuff that that brings on the farm. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you being here and uh, giving us a little insight on this. Yeah, it's always a pleasure, Dylan. Thanks for having me. Also, I do want to give a quick plug. Uh, we had a new feature episode out last week with Nicole Dirting uh, in Afreda. There's another example of someone who does not, I mean, go look at the video um, on, on the podcast. She doesn't l look like, hey, uh, that's a rancher right there. You know, if you're going to just judge someone based on appearances, she is a serious rancher <laughs> and she gets into a lot of detail about what she's doing, raising meat there in Afreda um, and how she views the food system and how she's trying to change it. So check out that uh, feature episode that just dropped last week. Um, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to us. Follow us here if you aren't already on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, X, I guess it's called now. Um, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of them, you know, wherever you like to get your content. And uh, thanks, everybody, for being here tonight. Thanks, Jess. And uh, let's wrap it up. Have a great night. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. These are the stories of the people who grow your food. Thanks for listening to the Real Food, Real People podcast. And as I just mentioned there on, and that was a recording of a, a live a conversation we had on Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram so you can participate, maybe add comments or questions as well as we have these conversations and get the video feed part of it as well uh, to see us uh, and be a part of what we're doing here on the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe uh, on YouTube to get our feature episodes and other content that we share there. Uh, like I said, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we're on X, formerly known as Twitter as well if you want to be a part of what we're doing and of course realfoodrealpeople.org is our website where you can find our episodes and other content thank you again uh, for being with me I'm Dylan Honkoop um, thanks for being with me here on my continuing journey to get to know the real people and issues behind our food here in Washington State